Stop by Ken Garf West Valley Dodge this Labor Day weekend for used car deals like you've never seen. Our inventory is packed with cars starting under 6000 so you don't want to miss out. You hear that music, you know he's back. Norm Chow, the former Ute and Cougar assistant coach, joins us now. Norm, good morning. Good morning. What an exciting day. Absolutely. Rivalry game tonight, Utes and Cougars and... You've been on both sides of this, but before we get to that, Norm, we have to talk about you, and then we'll talk about the game. <laughs> you lied to us, Norm. You told us you were retired. That was a lie. Oh, I'm gosh. on Twitter, and I see Norm Chow's going to coach in the XFL. You're not retired. You just didn't want to move and chase jobs all around the country. But if there's one in L.A., you'll take it. Well, this one was it, – It was. It, I, I met the, the, the head coach um, – I had never met him and met him one night and he was at a hotel in LA and I drove up and I tell you what this this guy his name is Winston Moss he played with the Packers coached with the Packers for a long time he's just such a excited uh, passionate humble guy that we hit it off and 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 the facility is 20 minutes from home the games will be played 20 minutes from home it's where the Chargers play right now before they move into their new stadium so it just sounded like a fun startup kind of deal, but hey, fellas, I had no intentions of getting back into <laughs> coaching, but this one just looks like a fun deal, so we'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes. Well, Coach, I'm, I'm, a, little, I'm a little hurt by this. <laughs> Not that you wanted to get back into coaching. I can, I can live with that, but I saw the Times did a story on you, had a nice picture of you, and they asked, you know, what have you been doing? And you had an opportunity all you said was, I was doing some radio in Salt Lake. You could have said, I I was doing on the DJ and PK show. You could have given me some love, but you just referred to us as some anonymous Salt Lake radio show. Come on. I thought we meant more than that to you. I, I'm sorry. I, I, I guess I should have. I'm, I, that, you know, it's a typical, oh, you did the media. I mean, I... Some of the things that were said in there said I had five grandchildren. I have nine of them. You know, <laughs> like that. So my daughter wanted to know which four that you know, which four are you going to discredit? Which four don't you want to have? Like, see, you're not accounting for, you know. But I'm sorry, maybe I should have done that. But you don't get enough pub. What the heck? You've been around a long time. <laughs> That's funny. Four, five, nine. All right. I mean, come on. What's yeah, the difference? All right. What, what, well, difference, what difference does it make? We'll set our personal hurt little feelings aside and try to move on with I the interview. He went to the University of Utah. He didn't know how to spell DJ and PK. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we well, are we are really interested. Obviously, there's a ton of excitement for the game. There's a ton of excitement for the Utes this year, and everybody thinks they're overwhelming to you know pick the Pac-12. I was actually reading that the other the overwhelming favorite in the Pac-12 South, which is just funny because USC has been so good so many times for so long. But they're in trouble now, and I'm just curious what you're hearing, if they're digging themselves out of trouble or if the problems they've had combined with the schedule they open with, these first six games are really tough, if, um, if they're going to get crushed by that. What, what's your read on USC? What do you hear? Well, you know, they, they certainly haven't taken their, their share of criticism here. Um, you know, I, 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 it's a good it, – the first – tomorrow, will, Saturday night will tell, I think. They play a good Fresno State team, not a great Fresno State team, but a good one. If they can get by them, I think they'll be okay. I'm not so sure they have the depth necessary. That's what people keep talking about is they don't – do they have enough, you know, when injuries take place and all that. 
The court, for the quarterback situation to be a question is concerning in my mind. There's some uh, new freshman came in and almost won the job. It means that JT Daniels is probably not stepping up maybe like he should, although they did name him the, the starter. Uh, you know, they talk about this air raid offense and all that. It's just the same old stuff that BYU's been running for years, you know, the two-back sets and all that kind of thing. But I think they have a chance. Whether they have a chance is to, to, to really play well every week, that, that's the real question. I, think, I do think, I think Utah has a tremendous opportunity because the rest of the Pac-12, I mean, UCLA plays Cincinnati and Cincinnati's supposed to beat them. It's crazy. You know, Arizona gets beat by Hawaii. I think Arizona State has to go with a young quarterback. So I think Utah does that. On paper, anyway, I think Utah has a heck of a shot. So the Utes bring back Andy Ludwig. He obviously knows Kyle extremely well. And with that in mind, what type of offense do you expect knowing that the defense is supposed to be really good and Ludwig has this longstanding relationship with Kyle? Oh, I think he's a, I think that was a good choice by Kyle to get to get Andy to come back. I think Andy's just a solid, you know, fundamentally sound football coach and and I think with the talent that he has at least on paper, you know, with with the receivers and that that running back and the quarterback who's so experienced, I think he'll he'll uh, be more of a what's the right word? More of a, a a base type thing, you know, not do some of those crazy things that some other guys like to do. Uh, but I think it, it'll be sound. It'll be effective. You know, Kyle obviously is a defensive-minded guy, and and the off if, when and if the offense can complement what the defense is doing, I think they're they're ready to take off. Now they too need to stay healthy, right? I mean that that quarterback and running back were both nicked up last year as well. So if you're BYU going into this game, how do you attack? It's an opener. It's a rivalry game. There's a lot of emotion. Would you be up for using some kind of, not not like a trick gadget play, but something if a guy's over-pursuing reverse, the halfback option always, pass because safety you, coming you, up. Would you, you always, bust something out early? Sure. You always have to have that. You know, you, you need to run sideways sometimes. You need to tire them out. You need to shoot the ball down the field. The nice thing about BYU in this, this game, in my mind, is that they, they have nothing to lose. You know, it's easy to play from behind. The play calling is a little looser. You're not, you know, you just got to go for things. It's tough playing from on top, as, as we've talked about before. That's that All those years at BYU, that's what made that business tough, is that, you know, you're taking everybody's best shot. And now with BYU not supposed, you know, obviously they're underdogs, take some shots at it, sure. Tire them out. Run, run, run sideways a little bit. You know, reverses and those kind of things, and get them going, and then start pounding. But they they can play a little looser, I think, because they're not supposed to win, right? They're they're right. the dogs. They are the underdogs, yeah. And then yeah. you talk about yeah. uh, the quarterback Zach Wilson got some experience last year in the last part of the season. Now you take him having more experience combined with the primary play callers with Jeff Grimes and Aaron Roderick. How much better can the offense be or how much more of the playbook can they use, put in some new stuff, because he's got some experience now and the two guys calling the plays have experience, and so you put that together, it seems like it should be more advanced. Well, it should be, but, but I, think, I think the key is that the Aaron, and, and, and Aaron and Jeff know what this quarterback is capable of doing. And and then they they need to make sure that they they magnify the the things that he does well. I think that's critical in any coaching situation. You know, don't force him to do things that he's not good at, and let him be let him do the things that he is. 
at good at. Um, the, the the concern is again. I mean, yeah, he had experience, but I think that expectation level on that young man is so high. I mean, he's only he's only a sophomore, right? And there is a there is something to be said about a Huntley that's been around a little bit compared to a young man that you know that's just played three or four games now. Two years from now. Obviously, he'll be on top of the world. Aaron can do whatever he wants with that young man. But I think right now he has to make sure that he has some success, and that's that's critical in in, in the young guy's growth and development. So I'm curious how long it takes before you consider a guy really a veteran guy. I mean, Huntley's played a couple years. Now, he has had injuries, but I think this is like his 20th start in college football. Wilson did get to play last year, and so if you get – you know, a half dozen games under your belt. At what point, is there a point where quarterbacks click in, or is it just really every guy, 5, 10, 15, 20 games, you never know? Or is there a point where you think, okay, he's played enough now, he gets it? Well, I, I think the key in that, that, that's a great question, is, is, is seeing things. You know, when, the, the, whenever you realize that he's seen enough coverage changes, he's seen enough different blitzes, the, you know, the variety of blitzes that people can throw at you, the corners, the safeties, Unusual type blitzes, and I think it's different for every 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 young guy. I mean, Ty Denver took him six games, for example. You know, because now you now you understand the coverages, you understand the coverage changes, and 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 all the different nuances that the defenses do. And Kyle is very very good at it now. He's very he's basic. He's uh, but but he'll come from all over the field and he'll attack you. I think the blitz pickup is is really critical as well. Um, cause you're going to see things that you've not seen before, just like an offensive coach puts the player to in that, uh, is not on tape. The defenses do the same thing. He, they'll see things that they've not seen before on tape. And then once you feel like he's seen on enough, I think that's when you realize that he, uh, that he can make his biggest jump growth wise. For years, Kyle has been the underdog, and he has been the overachiever, and it seemed like that reflected in his coaching philosophy, you know, that nobody believes in us, and then we rise up and we can find ways to win. And so, how is it going to be different this year? Because they are the favorite. They're the overwhelming favorite in the South. There was 35 votes in the preseason poll, and they got 33 of them. And so, they are obviously expected to win, and anything less than the South is going to be a disappointment. How does it change his coaching motivational style, or is that just overrated and it doesn't matter anyway? Yeah, I don't think it matters. The guy is a good, sound solid football coach, and, and more importantly than that, he's a good, sound, solid person. So I don't think it matters. I really don't. He's been through it all. He understands it. He gets it. And and, and, and coaches, you know, enjoy that. They enjoy, I think, for the most part, that that that, that bug being on them. Hey, we're going to go prove this thing. We can do this thing. And, and it certainly has the players that can back that up. So I don't think it matters one bit. I think he's certainly ready for this and, and – uh, It'll be, you know, it'll the, the the disappointment will be bigger if if they don't get there. But you know, they expect to get there. And I, I'm sure they will because the Pac-12 South is just not real, not like it used to be with UCLA and USC and USC and Arizona State all the time. So I think he's there. I really think so. I don't think it matters to him one bit. He probably enjoys uh, the heat, if you will. Norm Chow, joining us here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. You know, college football is always changing a little bit. There's always something new. Graduate transfers have really taken off the last few years. 
Are there positions where you would trust, a, you know, a grad transfer to plug in and play right away? Are the positions where it takes a little longer? Because obviously for BYU, you know, they're starting running backs, a grad transfer. Maybe that's a position, I guess, with the exception of blitz pickups, you could go with a guy pretty quick and expect big results. Oh, sure. I mean, the guy's received good coaching for for four years, right? I mean, where, where he's coming from, he's got good coaching. Um <laughs> I, I, I would I would not be too concerned about all of that kind of business, other than learning the terminology, and, and they certainly have had enough time to do that. I'm just not so sure I agree with all that, that that transfer portal and all that kind of business. You know, there has to be some kind of loyalty. Now, I realize that, you know, loyalty from the top down is not always there. Coaches are always jumping for more money or whatever, but, uh, you know, I think there has to be some kind of loyalty with the, with these guys that, that sign on, and then they jump and ship the minute they realize this second unit. They jump and ship. It makes it hard, man. It makes it hard for a coach. So since they have been in the two separate conferences, this game last year was the last game of the year, but traditionally it had been uh, the second, third, fourth game, somewhere in there. You'd played a – usually I think it's around the third game, so you'd played a couple of games. This year, obviously, it's the first game. From an underdog perspective, which BYU obviously is, would you prefer to play it at the first game and maybe get some things that uh, the other team, the Utes, are a little – unsure of and don't click they're not at the peak of their game so is it best for the underdog to play the first game uh good thought good thought i always like to play a, a, a gimme kind of game right. before you have to play somebody pretty good but that that's probably a good thought maybe uh you know understand that utah's not quite ready or or you know they're or they're, they're getting ready for the pac-12 with so much hype there maybe it's a good time to catch them uh, that's a good thought I, i'm not so sure uh, but I do know that BYU can come out and just play, and and that that gives them a chance. I think you know because I think if later on in the year when they're both both kind of proven and beat up a little bit, you know Utah probably has the better 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 personnel. Is this the first? Is this the first time they're they're playing in the first game of the year? As far as we know, right? Uh, apparently, there was some game that you know how the schools don't don't agree on when the series started. There might have been something uh-huh. back in like 1890. So for all purposes, wow. yes, it's the first time. <laughs> wow, wow, pretty cool. I think it's exciting. But again, and we've certainly beat this dead horse. But you know, it means certainly means it means a lot more to BYU because if Utah doesn't get them, it's a big deal. Hey, let's forget about it. let's go in the conference. They got SC in a couple of weeks, and they better get ready for those guys. So whereas an, an independent starts out 0-1-1, it makes it a little tougher for them. So. No question Utah's got a lot going for them, but if they don't, they don't. Let's go win the Pac-12. How much does it help coaches to prepare when you're playing a team and you see them on film playing a team you've also played? Because USC's going to play – or BYU's going to play Utah in the opener. They're going to play USC the third game, and then Utah gets them right after that. So Kyle and his staff will see BYU play USC, having already played BYU themselves. Oh, that's That's huge. That's huge. I think it, 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 you'll see how, how the, the opponents probably, you know, want to defend you and what they think they can do to, to attack you. I think it's huge. And it'll be a big advantage for Utah to, to see that on tape. So I was talking to Aaron Roderick earlier in training camp. You know, I was talking about uh, the offense, and he was saying, well, this is BYU, 
And, you know, they like they invoke your name a lot, particularly somebody like Aaron, who has a relationship with you. And he says, you know, when when Coach Chow was calling the plays, we were an execution based offense. So because I'm asking him, you know, do you, do you have the athletes that you can get deep and be explosive and whatnot? And he was saying, well, you know, historically, we haven't had that. But I'm wondering, though, the one place where it seemed like you can have an advantage and BYU did so well at this for so many years was at tight end. In the last couple of years, it really hasn't had that. Now they got this Bushman kid going into his junior year, and it seems like he can be in the mold of some of these great tight ends that BYU has had in that way. And with that in mind, how important is it for them to get this kid involved? Because it might be the one area where they can have a mismatch. You, you, you're pretty good at this stuff. Thank I, you. I think it's Thank huge. You. I think it's huge. Um, the tight ends are often overlooked, and that's why you see such good tight end play in the NFL because you don't see it a lot, a lot in college. And 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 I think the tight end position, you know, it, it's overlooked a bit. You, you you know, when you think about coverage, you, you, linebackers have to coverage tight ends, and and where where defensive backs cover, you know, wideouts, and they, that's what they're used to doing. Linebackers have to tackle and cover. So I think it's huge, and I think that's that, that's a very accurate observation. If they can get this guy involved, and I've noticed him before, he's a nice player, big old guy that yeah. can run a little bit. Right, exactly. And my, yeah, and and uh, my understanding, he's getting good training because his father-in-law was pretty daggone good quarter, uh, tight end as well. You're talking about Chad but, uh, Lewis. <laughs> talking about Chad Lewis, yeah. So I think Aaron is very accurate. Um, uh, you know, and, and BYU has always relied on execution, and that's what you're supposed to be like. You know, that's what that's what every coach wants to do. execute. Whatever the offense is, execute the crazy thing and, and make it work. So uh, Aaron always told me that we never had what, – what he's saying, execution-based, because we, BYU never had any speed, and that's why we recruited Aaron. Aaron. Remind him. Remind Aaron. And I said that's why we recruited him, to, to get some get some length going for us, get us down the field some. But uh, he was an awfully good player as well. He's certainly a good young man and a good football coach. So I know your radio appearances need to be limited now that you're an XFL guy. It's an XFL thing. <laughs> we, won't, we won't get into it. But uh, so we, we need to know now, do you believe in the Dodger bullpen? Is this the year, the first title since 1988? Honestly, I don't. I don't. I've seen enough of them. And Jensen blew another one last night. Blew another save last night. They've got a and they have Joe Kelly is coming through. They need that middle inning stuff. If Kelly and Baez can come through, they may be okay. But boy, that, that the, the Yankee series and and with Houston playing well and and um, who there was one uh, the Braves are playing well. It's going to be tough, man. They don't have that middle. You know, and and I, and I don't know why they don't extend the. They, I'm sure they have their reasons, but I, I always think they should extend that starter one more time. You know, get him to the six or seven instead of the fifth or the sixth when they take him out. Long-winded answer, but I should root for him. I'm, we're hoping, but I, I don't know. I don't know that the middle part of that that release bullpen is is very questionable. And now with Jansen blowing a little bit, who knows? Who knows? <laughs> Extending the starters. So we were looking this up the other day because Kershaw passed or tied Kerf Koufax for the most wins in Dodger history for the Los Angeles and whatnot. And so Kershaw's high and complete games in the season was six. In the last two years that Koufax pitched, he had 27 complete games in each season for a total of 54. 
and Kershaw, if you added up his complete games, his entire career would get nowhere near 54. So this extending of the starting pitching, what is that you speak of? That does not happen anymore. Yeah, it just doesn't. And and and, and, and I, I, in my mind, is the analytics. It's the analytics. You know, the third time through, yeah. Joe is hitting three hundred instead of two hundred against him. So yep. we got to get him out. I, I, mean, I don't understand all that stuff, but, but uh, it, it it seems like that has really taken over. And sometimes, you know, and, and obviously, I'm not going to question the manager, but sometimes I think the Dodgers are too cute. You know, just let them play. Just let them play. You know, the guy's playing right field one day and first base the next day and left field the next day. And, you know, I think there's something to be said about just, you know, guys, rosters, lineups, they just, you know, basically they, they need rest, obviously. But, the you know, it's basically the same week, day in or day out. There's whatever right-handed or left-handed pitcher, you know, whatever that situation arises. But, uh Anyway, it's fun. They're sure fun, and then they're fun to watch. But they need to show up that bullpen, or I think they're in trouble. I really do. When it gets to playoff time, are you going to go to the Utah game against SC in a, in a few weeks? You know, I I, uh, I texted Kyle early in the summer. We text back and forth, and and he always takes care of me. But uh, I don't know if I want to go deal with traffic and all that kind of business. But uh, it was surely going to be an exciting one. And yes, long answer to your short question. Yes, we'll probably go up and. Uh, and cheer for the Utes. All right. See you down there then. Yeah, we will. And if you're down, if you come down and stop by, maybe give me a phone call. Let me know you're coming. And I'll buy you lunch. I'll never live that down. <laughs> but it was fun seeing you, my friend. It was fun seeing Absolutely. you. Absolutely. All right, Norm. Thanks for a few minutes. Uh, we enjoyed it. And uh, enjoy, the, uh, enjoy the college football kicking off. It's go time. We'll do it. We'll do it. It's a fun time, and and, and go Utes, go Cougars. We'll, We'll see how it all breaks. It'll be a fun time. Thank you. Thanks for having me, and let's do it again.